prepare for trouble. Make it double. We're going to fly over polar bears and see them and look at them and be with the polar bears. Yes. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Everyone wants some magical solution for their problem, and everyone refuses to believe in magic. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molnax, talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Friend people, give me a Dalek any day. Welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Trades. I'm your host, Hope Molinax, and I have an exciting show for you guys today. So as you know, leading up to 221B Con, I did a series of Sherlock Holmes and Cabin Pressure podcasts and episodes and stuff like that. We had 221B Con, and it was awesome, and it was amazing, and we drank so much we ran out of liquor. As my guest today, I have two of, what, what are you calling, founders, I guess, of 221B Con? Founders and directors. Founders there you go. Directors. That was the one I was looking for. I have two of the directors with me from Tutu One Pecan. I have the amazing Crystal and the amazing Heather. Say hi, guys. Hi. Just a quick note of business before we jump into it. Don't forget that we have switched to a new website. We're not at the old Lipson site anymore. We are now at twotruefreaks.com. The cool thing about this is, is unlike before, where if you subscribe to Two True Freaks, you got all 20 shows. Now you can go to the page on the website, find your show, and subscribe to them separately. So that way, if you'd rather listen to some more than others, though we really like if you love all of us, because that's awesome, uh, you can pick and choose which ones, and you'll subscribe to the RSS feed. And now you can find me on iTunes. I'm on iTunes. Yay! And you can find me at Two True Freaks Presents Hope of All Trades. If you just put in Hope of All Trades, it's going to send you to the Lipson thing on iTunes. You don't want that, because in about a week, we're taking down Lipson, and you won't be able to hear my beautiful voice. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, make sure you check that out. So, Sherlock, how did you ladies enjoy your 2 one Beacon? For what we got to enjoy of it, it was great, but we were running our tails off most of the time. Oh, man. It was a fun time when I was when I could breathe. <laughs> now, um, how did it come to be and, and come to life and birth and... How did you birth out of class? <laughs> Lamaze. Um, no, we uh, we had this great idea. We went to TimeGate last year, TimeGate, which is a Doctor Who Stargate, Stargate convention here in Atlanta. And there was a Sherlock panel, which we attended. And after the panel was over, some of us, um, well, Crystal... Um, Liz and I had known each other from way back. Crystal and I became friends in college. Liz had been Crystal's friend since, like, what, third grade? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. <laughs> they used to ride bikes together and whatnot. Um, and then Taylor and Kathy, th- those are the the five, uh, like, founders slash directors. Taylor and Kathy had come together, and we were all standing outside after the panel discussing how, man, somebody should put on a Sherlock Holmes convention. That would be awesome. How come no one had ever done that before? That's ridiculous. I often make jokes that that's pretty much the same conversation that Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss had when Hmm. deciding to write Sherlock. (laughs) Yeah, somebody should do that. And so I don't know exactly at which point... Or who said, you know, we, we could do that, but um, but th- somebody did, and and we did, 
And uh, yeah, that that's how it happened. We were at a con and decided to have our own con. And so I don't know what I don't know what acid we were taking, but we decided mm. to put it on ten months after we had the idea, which we did not realize was ridiculous when we were making that decision. But turns out it was pretty ridiculous. But we apparently managed to pull it off. So yeah, um, that was a big surprise for me. And and just so the viewers know, I have. I did record previously at Post 221 Beacon wrap-up show with these lovely ladies, but I was a dumb kid, and I didn't realize my recording thing was a trial version, so we only get the first five minutes of it. So Heather and Crystal were lovely enough to come back and re-record with me. I remember you guys telling me the first time around that people were telling you you needed over a year to play in a con. At least a year, a good con apparently takes two, so... And, and you guys pulled off an amazing con. It was probably my... Out of because I've been going to con for ten years, it was probably one of my top maybe two or three. Oh, thank you. If not my number one, because sometimes I think back to some of those other ones. I'm like, oh, that one thing happened, uh, and like nothing bad happened at this con, and it was awesome. Oh, thank we, you. We really appreciate that. When we first signed our contract with the hotel, it really was for only seventy five people, and it just sort of took off. And close to seven hundred people later, two two one beacon happened. And, well, I mean, what was you guys' biggest surprise in general? 700 people. <laughs> I figured that was the answer. I mean, there was there was a lot of last-minute programming decisions that had to be made and shuffling around of the schedule to try to accommodate all these extra people that suddenly registered when they got their tax refund. So the we were cruising into the, the new year with only, you know, a handful of people, and then all of a sudden, like, January and February hit, and our numbers just doubled. So it was a it was a huge like last minute trying to get more shirts, trying to add more programming, trying to do a lot of stuff last minute. And that was probably the biggest surprise out of all of it. But um, I will say that another thing that was also surprising was all the great amount of feedback we've had since then. It seems like from everyone I've talked to and ball on Tumblr and stuff like that, that everyone just had a really awesome time. That is I hope so. Yeah, I'll say that was really good. Now let's hope we can live up to it next year. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think, like, I, I you just, I, I feel like you should go into it knowing that every year is going to be a little bit different. If people's going in expecting the exact same, like, it's going to be the exact same, then they're going to be setting themselves up for disappointment because a con's different every single year. You have different people there. The programming changes a little bit. And, and, and so, like, I, I still think it's going to be just as awesome next year. For completely new and ex- like new reasons for us to experience, because we're gonna have season three next year of Sherlock, uh, season two of Elementary is gonna be running. Uh, they will I mean, probably have started filming um, the new Robert Downey Jr. films as well. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have the new Hobbit out. Um, we may or may not have cabin pressure. Depends on how fast Jonathan Moore can get that together. I mean, there's a lot of new potential things for next year. So. Yeah, and, and since we're since we're mentioning next year, I should announce that we we launched our new website um, this morning, and um, the dates for next year are April fourth through sixth. We'll now start on Friday and run through Sunday. We have a new location as well. We're going to be at the Atlanta Marriott Perimeter Center, which is closer to the uh, Perimeter Mall area. So okay, yeah, slightly larger venue and uh, a different weekend. Yes, I blogged about it on Tumblr, but nobody follows me on Tumblr, so I'll say it here, I guess. The uh, it, It's much closer to everything, including Marga, um, which is exciting because I know a lot of people had 
um, a problem getting to the hotel. It's literally in walking distance from the Marta station, which for people who aren't from Atlanta is our, our subway station. And um, not crazy New Yorker walking distance either, like lazy me walking distance. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and there's a Starbucks in the hotel. So. Yay! Yes, that's exciting. It has a lot more meeting space, and so hopefully everybody will be really happy with it. Nice. And what's the new website? It's 221bcon.com. We just redesigned everything. And the um, the Twitter and everything stayed the same? Yeah, all the Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr are all the same. We just made things pretty. Oh, yeah. I like when things are pretty. Not that the old, the old one was pretty. Yeah. It, it had its flaws, but it, it served the first year purpose that we needed it to. And so we, we, we just uh, hope that this one has a better, more navigable um, layout and that people find it a lot, a little, a little bit easier to use. Now, there's, oh, go ahead. I should add that there are some spaces that um, on there that uh, right now are blank that we'll be uh, launching as the uh, event gets closer, such as dealers, tables, volunteer information, guests and performers, obviously, as we uh, start nailing things down. But uh, it does allow you to go ahead and register for next year's con. Um, the cost is currently $35, but it will go up. So go ahead and get it while you can. Now, for someone who uh, wasn't able to attend the con but is thinking about next year, what sort of programming do you have? Uh, well, we've tried very hard this year, and we will try um, really hard again uh, next year to make sure that we have programming that reflects, you know, as much of the Sherlock Holmes community and you know fandom as possible so um and crystal jump in whenever you want to because crystal and i were the one who did all the programming um we had stuff that color covered the bbc sherlock stuff that covered canon elementary costuming um heather and i literally had charts so that we could try to make everything even like the number of canon story uh, canon panels we have and you know this is how many film and literature panels we have and the film panels are broken down into this is how many of, you know, fandom. This is how many are actually, like, uh, show-based, you know, so forth and so on. We really tried our hardest to make things even so that um, there would be a, a little bit uh, for every, like, everybody, no matter what your uh, your preferred genre was. And I also know you, had, you guys had a lot of fun panels, too. Like, you guys had a trivia block, you had Pictionary, uh, stuff like that. And you had a viewing room to view different type, uh, different versions of Sherlock Holmes. We did. We did. We have gotten a lot of great feedback on those as well. Um, I know there was a, a bunch of people that were very excited over the Russian Sherlock Holmes that played in the viewing room since you mentioned the viewing room. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Don't worry. I'm sure we can work it back into the schedule for next year. Yes. And you guys I, actually, I actually think that what happened was the people went in and the Russian was on. And when it came time for the next thing to come on, they just commandeered the DVD player and put on more Russian Sherlock. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Because there was something like um, five or six discs of it because it's a series. And the the only thing was is like they had to find the ones that had subtitles because some of them didn't. Yeah, and like the tech tech tailor, the guy who was running the tech in that room came in to change the DVD. And then he was like, well, I, all right, whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll, of course, you know, um, one of the things about having a slightly larger venue next year is that we'll have to uh, obviously increase our signage but um, we'll still have the viewing room for next year as well. Now, I know this year, uh, the Friday night before, Kara, who is my friend I mentioned before on my show, who has all the tea- lovely teas from Adagio, she had a tea party the night before that wasn't a part of the con. 
would that be something that you guys are going to associate with the con next year or more open fandom-y things like that? Um, we've actually been in discussions with Kara, um, and we hope to fold the tea party in to actually a 221BCon event next year. Cool! We're still, of course, working out the details on that, but we, we've been talking to her, and she's very for it, so so are we. Looks like I'm making more buttons. <laughs> I was one of her, like helpers for that like me her and jackie who was also in the dealers room like we were the three that was originally putting it together and planning it and then we gathered more helpers and we set them out on the world (laughs) (laughs) we know that a lot of people really did enjoy it and so we're we're just gonna try to you know make it an official event that's gonna be super fun yay any other uh events that you guys might be thinking about like maybe um a yule ball type thing or or i guess it's not harry potter i guess a Reichenbach ball. The Reichenbach ball. Instead of the Reichenbach ball. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> we um, we are, of course, throwing around a lot of ideas. Um, it's still um, a little early for us to be nailing things down programming-wise um, because we're just, you know, in the, the very beginning of putting stuff together. But, um, of course, if anyone has suggestions, they can email us at the uh, the programming email um, or not email, the programming form that you can fill out on the contact us section of our website. Cool. More than happy to take suggestions, um, of course, for different types of panels and different types of events people would like to see happen. Well, that's awesome. Is there anything else that you guys want to throw in out about the con in general? No, we're really excited about the space that we're going to be using for our costume contest next year. So hopefully that will be um, even bigger and better than it was this year. And there were a lot of great costumes this year. Yes. There were. And, of course, people can hopefully see some of those whenever um, Moraka airs his segment on CBS Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah, Moraka was there. Why why don't you guys tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Um, That that happened in an odd way. I got this random email from a guy saying that he was a producer with CBS and that he um, was interested in covering the event. And so, obviously, I sent him the stuff back saying that was cool. And then the next thing, you know, Moraka is coming. So um, that was pretty exciting. He he showed up and it was very clear that um, he was there to get some really cool coverage. He wanted people in costume. Apparently they're doing um, uh, a story on the resurgence of Sherlock Holmes in America, which is, this is a great time for it. And they had done some uh, stuff at the BSI weekend, um, a, a couple of other things. They had gone to, um, I think they'd spoken to the woman who does Scintillation of Scions. That they, sort had, of, they had uh, filmed some at the uh, Baker Street Babes um, uh, ball, under a charity ball. ball. Um, and they, so the, anyway, he came and he came to the costume contest, which was really exciting. Um, but can, can I tell my favorite story from the con now? Oh, totally. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So when we were signing up for the costume contest, um, he wanted to, Mo Rocco wanted to do some interviews with the people who were in costume. And so we had a lot of great costumes. I don't know, Hope, if you were able to see the costume contest, but they were really cool and of course he makes a beeline for the craziest costumes there there was a girl she was actually it was a really cool costume she was dressed as uh watson's fine jam did y'all see her i saw her she was also a dragon con oh was she yeah. especially if you know about that whole fandom thing 
And so he he grabs her like immediately by the hand and pulls her up. And then he starts looking around. And I was like, okay, so there's all these like screen accurate representations. He's clearly going for the craziest things that he can see, which is fine to me because I thought it was a cool costume. So um, I, I didn't, I wasn't actually able to overhear his interview with her. But then after the costume contest was over, um, I was I was supposed to be on a panel called Sherlock Holmes Industrialization in the same room. And so I was quickly trying to get everything set back up and put the tables back up and Mo Rocco was interviewing the girl who was dressed as the fireplace now did you see her I did see her she was really cool she was very cool but she had like this caftan thing on that when she spread her arms out she had like a fireplace thing her face was painted like a skull and she just looked like somebody from the day of the dead and he was um he was interviewing her and I know that he wanted her because she looked like she was crazy but she's just standing there and I walked over and Nora Rennick Reinhardt who had been one of the judges of the costume contest was standing there and I walked over and this girl was answering him like just the greatest dancers ever so articulate and I was like this is the greatest thing ever and Nora's <laughs> I know right and so like, I'm just sitting here watching my, my my watch and it's already time for my panel to start the other guy on the panel is here but I'm not interrupting I'm not interrupting finally they wrap it up and like they're leaving and um and so I go up on the stage and I you know they, I welcome everybody who's there for the panel and I'm like I'm really sorry that we're starting you know, late, but there was no way I was going to interrupt the most articulate fangirl ever while she was representing us on national television. And everybody's nodding, but the producer guy was in the back of the room and he's like, as he's walking out, he's like, I know, right? <laughs> Everybody laughed and he, he left. And I was just like, see, you can't even make us look ridiculous. We are awesome. And that was a cool costume too. So don't even try. <laughs> What about you, Crystal? What was your favorite uh, con story? I actually have two, and surprisingly, neither of them are uh, Sherlock Holmes related. I was lucky enough to get a, to sit on the cabin pressure panel, and it was really, really awesome to be able to um, tweet John Fenimore questions. It, it really was. <laughs> I was uh, in that panel with you guys because uh, that was that was brilliant. Also, uh, my favorite actual con story, though, probably the best moment for me was um, uh, a couple of my friends brought their TARDIS, even though it's more Doctor Who related than Sherlock, obviously, when he was on top of the ladder and he was putting the light on top of the TARDIS. Um, he literally got like a cheer and a standing ovation in the middle of the lobby. It just made me really, really happy and giddy. And I know Heather has uh, mentioned that it was kind of like when your dad used to put the star on top of the Christmas tree. But just the look on his face, he was so confused almost as to why everyone was cheering and everyone was having just a, a great time. And I, it, it really, to me, was a look at why um, or how fandom, like, really kind of comes together. Because it was a Sherlock Holmes convention, and it was a TARDIS, and you have people running around dressed as supernatural costumes and Sherlock costumes and elementary costumes and, you know, classic uh, Sherlock Holmes and all this kind of stuff and the TARDIS gets a cheer uh, it made me it, it actually was really a good moment for me I, I absolutely adored that TARDIS I have a picture of myself and I, I I was like hey and I was just talking to one of my friends I was like can you take a picture of me with this TARDIS and she was having trouble like, getting my camera working and stuff so we were just waiting and it probably took like a good two three minutes to get it to do like finally take the picture and right when she took the picture the doctor just bursts out of it Apparently he had been in there like the entire like five minutes it took us to take this picture and he burst out right when the picture was taken. I didn't even know he was in there. We were both so excited about it. 
Oh. Now, um, to go back to what you were talking about, the whole fandom thing, I know one of the big surprises we talked about on our, our first attempt at recording this was a lot of the fandom people mixed with the BSI, and, and all of them were there. And, and how uh, we were also talking about there was a, a little bit of worry whether or not they'd really fit in with the fandom people. And uh, do you guys want to talk about how that all worked out? Uh, I think it worked out really well. I mean, uh, I saw people chatting in groups that were unexpected-looking groups. And, uh, Crystal, didn't somebody tell you he had joined Tumblr? I believe it was um, Brad Kefauver, who runs a blog, um, the Sherlock Peoria blog. And he was just, I believe it was him. It may have been Eddie Webb. Anyway, they uh, they were in there and they were talking to people and everyone kept responding with like their Tumblr names and, you know, how they could all continue their conversation and chat later. And he actually like stood in the lobby and created his own Tumblr Ooh. right there so that um, he could continue conversing with all these people that he had met at the con. I really think that that it was just so great about how, the two groups seem to overlap. Um, I know that when I talk about this con, and I've said it a hundred times if I've said it once, and that one of the main things that I know I definitely wanted to see was somebody who came to our con, and maybe their favorite Sherlock Holmes was, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch or Johnny Lee Miller or Robert Downey Jr., and they get into a conversation with somebody, and the next thing they know, they're going home to check out, you know, uh, Basil Rathbone or read the canon or, um, you know, basically that our con would kind of act like a gateway into this whole other part of fandom that they didn't even like really give a chance to before. And so I believe that, um, the mixing of the two groups went actually really, really well. I know that, um, I've seen blog posts from people about, you know, slash fiction, and I don't think I've ever had read anything that they had written about it before or, about how, you know, they were actually going to give this Johnny Lee Miller chap a try or, you know, things like that. And it was it was really, really good. And I know that we've had feedback since then about some of the um, the different scions out there that um, are hoping to send more people this time around because um, of all the great feedback that they got before. Well, I really hope you guys get more feedback. So it was super fun. I, w- I would love to see this grow to be like the biggest Sherlock Holmes con in the nation. Uh, we would too. <laughs> I think you guys can get there. I I bet. I'm going to put my money down on my fake internet money. My fake internet money is going that, down that in five years this is going to be the biggest Sherlock Holmes con. Okay. I think I'm going to have to do some research to see who our competition is then if you're going to lay it out that way. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have 100 fake internet dollars right now. And if you win, I have fake internet cookies to give to you. Sounds good. So in five years, we'll see if I was right. We'll, we'll meet back here then. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Do you guys just want to chat Sherlock in general? Let's just sure. chat sure. about Sherlock stuff. What is your favorite version of Sherlock? Whether canon. it's uh, TV, movies, the original canon. BBC. Canon. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what, you didn't like our one-word answers? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not, good. That's not good podcasting for you, one-word answers? BBC. Uh, it's what I started with. I mean, it all, I mean, I don't know. Why do I like Star Trek The Next Generation the best? It's what I started with. Canon is so great, and it's all in my head, and every time I see some television, even, even the Sherlock BBC, which is my favorite television or movie representation, it is, beaten out Jeremy Brett by 
a smidge. It's still not the same as the guy that's always been in my head before I started watching those things. So I don't know. It's just canon. And I could always go back to canon. It's always comforting. It's always on the shelf. And when I'm reading it, sometimes it is like a little movie in my head. And I, I'll sometimes put it down. I'll like come back. I'll be like, what What was I? What show was I watching? Oh, yeah, you were reading Sherlock. And so I'll pick it back up. So um, I don't know. Canon. Canon is my favorite. It's my, my number one go-to. Heather, what's your favorite story out of the canon? Oh, God. Seriously? Yes. Uh, <laughs> she's just going to answer Musgrave Ritual. I am going to answer Musgrave Ritual because it's my... Yeah, I do love it. It's very gothic and, and fun. I do love the Musgrave Ritual. But I've been reliably told by Crystal that <laughs> while we were reading through the canon, the, the last time we were reading through the canon, that every time we, we sit down to discuss a story, I say right before we start, oh, and this is one of my favorites. The real answer is probably the one I'm reading now, but but all things being equal, it's the Musgrave Ritual. I like that answer. The, the thing I'm reading now is my current favorite. Yes. All right, Crystal, then why do you like BBC? Okay, I should totally blame Heather for this one. We we mentioned our first time through what how we got started in the Sherlock Holmes fandom, and um, I mentioned that mine could have been Doogie Howser because of that old episode, um, but the first... Uh, time I actually really remember sitting down to watch Sherlock Holmes even though I had seen movies and multiple representations of it throughout you know my little bit of a life here but um, Heather and I were visiting our old alma mater Georgia Southern and it happened to be the day that BBC aired on um, the BBC Sherlock aired on PBS Heather was like we have to stay at a hotel that has BBC so I come off really dorky in this story you do and I love it and um, the hotel to make sure they had PBS. Yeah, we called the hotel to make sure they had PBS. And they did. So we were out visiting friends and we immediately rushed back to the hotel and watched it. And I went just because Heather, you know, was driving. And <laughs> we, I was hooked from the, the very first scene of, you know, Watson and his nightmare. I fell in love with it right there. And we went to the Waffle House afterwards and we were eating dinner and and we were like, man, I can't believe we have to wait weeks for the next episode. And then I looked at Heather and I said, we don't have to wait. We have the internet. <laughs> so we immediately rushed back to the hotel and downloaded, you know, the next two episodes. And it was from that moment I was hooked. And we went back and we reread Canon. The first time through, we talk about our Sherlock Holmes Christmas because we were reading it over the Christmas holiday season. And it was it was really, really good. So that was my opening story. And why I love it is just because... I love that they managed to modernize it. I love that Sherlock Holmes as a character is not only a fully developed character, but a blank slate. You can take him and put him in any sort of time period in any sort of situation and any sort of background. Like he, you know, he could pull off. You see um, the new comic book series of um, uh, Watson and Holmes where, you know, He's African-American and, you know, you can put him into all these different situations and he as a character is adaptable to any of them. And I just love that about him. One of my favorite takes, um, there's an artist I follow online named Haku. And for a school project, she was taking Sherlock Holmes and putting him in the Wild West. And he was part Indian and John was law post-Civil War doctor kind of guy. And he had came in and they were solving crimes together. It was a really beautiful take on it because I just gush over her art all the time i'd slash that yeah i was gonna say and if you don't believe my blank slate theory read uh fan fiction 
Yes. <laughs> Can I just say that I knew Crystal was hooked when we were watching the very first episode and Mycroft takes John like like kidnaps him and like as he john walks up and he's standing there I, i'm laying on the bed in the hotel room and i'm like i'm like they want us to think that's moriarty but i think it's mycroft and christopher goes Shh, i'm watching <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like damn crystal you didn't even care <laughs> yeah no i was like i was i was seriously hooked from like the minute it started and it was it was really really awesome to me and you know and now i'm just sort of like a sponge. I'm trying to take in as much as I possibly can. That's actually what I love watching the BBC version with new people because I've gotten my best friend, two of my sisters, my mom, and my, my brother. I got them all hooked. And every time I've watched it with one of them and they were watching it for the first time, I love seeing their reaction at the end of Great Game when Jim from IT ends up being Moriarty. I also love seeing the reaction at the very end of Reichenbach when it pans across the graveyard and there's Sherlock. <laughs> we should add these are there's spoilers in this conversation if you have Oh, uh, if they listen to my podcast, they know I I <laughs> always talk about spoilers. Speaking of spoilers, I'm really funny about spoilers um and I won't give any of course for the new series because I know how you are hope. But um, yes. <laughs> I uh, I will say this like when it comes to like Doctor Who or you know a lot of the movies that I like, I'm all like, tell me everything. Or no, I'm like, no spoilers, no spoilers. Don't tell me anything. I don't want to know anything. I didn't want to know anything about Star Trek. I didn't, you know, don't tell anything for some reason. Yeah. That would have been been nice for Star Trek, wouldn't it? Your friends are the one who ruined that for you. But for some reason, like Sherlock's the exact opposite for me. I'm like, tell me everything. I want to see all the pictures. I want to see everybody who's involved. I want to, you know, I am the exact opposite. I'm like, I must know all the information that you have. See, Sherlock's the one I'm opposite on. Like, I'm usually really great with spoilers. I don't really care about them because I know, you know, it's not always going to work out the way it looks in the pictures and stuff. Um, But Sherlock is the one thing I don't want to know anything about. And I I still have gotten spoiled a couple times, like with certain actors and and certain titles of certain shows at a trivia thing with Crystal. I'm going to throw out in my defense that if BBC releases it on a press release and puts their logo at the top of it, it's no longer a spoiler. I'm just saying. <laughs> Dear listeners, what I'm referring to is at 221VCon, uh, they did a trivia thing. It was a team trivia. I was sitting with a group and we were all like doing our little team and Crystal's reading off the questions. And it, what was the question? It was like, what was the name of the... What was the name of the second episode of the third series of Sherlock, which is the one that they were currently filming at the time? And Mark Gatiss had released it on his Twitter, and uh, the BBC had released it on their website already. So I didn't think anything of adding it to the uh, the trivia questions, and apparently I, I upset Hope very much. I very loudly went, what? <laughs> and, like, screamed it across the auditorium. On a side note, she was the only person in the room that, you know, managed really didn't know. <laughs> to be concerned over this, because everyone else knew already. Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> I have to say probably one of my favorite versions of Sherlock is definitely the BBC. It was actually my first big way of getting into the canon. Because like when I was a kid, I saw the Wishbone and the, the uh, Great Mouse Detective when I was a kid. But I didn't actually know it was Sherlock Holmes. The BBC was a big one for me. And I just love Ben and Martin so much. They're so pretty. <laughs> Another one of my favorite takes, though, is... 
I guess, like, when you get into Sherlock Holmes, like, you start seeing it everywhere, because I loved Psych, and I still love Psych, but once I realized it was a take on Sherlock Holmes, I'm like, I see all the references they're making. <laughs> I see them. I hear it. Oh, yeah. I love Psych, too. It's one of my favorites. House is another one for me that, while I heard that it was a Sherlock Holmes thing, I never really put much They weren't even trying to hide that. I know, but I didn't know enough about it at the time. Fair enough. To really mean anything. Yeah, the only reason I watched House when it came on was because they said it was going to be Sherlock Holmes in a hospital, and I was like, I'm in. Hugh Laurie was a cool, had a cool character for me. I watch any Sherlock Holmes reincarnation at all. If you say it has to do with Sherlock Holmes, I will give it a shot. What are some of your other favorite reincarnations that might not be as close to canon? Oh, God. Um, not going to lie, I totally love the My Little Pony episode of it. I haven't seen that one. I do love Psych. Psych is, is probably one of my very favorites. I really want to get a really, really love Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which I think is totally... They even mentioned in the theme song. They mentioned um, Sherlock Holmes in the theme song. I'm How's, singing it in my head trying to find it. it it's, actually, it's actually not in the one that was... It's in the extended edition that they only played on episodes that were short. Oh... Yeah. yeah. Clearly, you're not a real fan, Hope. I mean, seriously. I've seen Chip and Dale since I was like seven. <laughs> nobody does. I didn't even realize uh, there's more than one version, Heather. <laughs> of the Chip and Dale thing, there is. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Good to know. I know, you put me on the spot. Well, I love young Sherlock Holmes. God, I love young Sherlock Holmes. I'm going to say the one that everyone is thinking Asylum okay. Films, Sherlock Holmes, and Dinosaurs. Uh, yeah i really want to see that because i also just love gareth david lloyd he's a big sweetheart oh man you need to see that film it is genius crystal tell her the plot right now okay they uh needed the sea monster monster. they needed the sea monster to steal the gold to buy the dinosaur dinosaur to get the water pump to power the steampunk dragon steampunk dragon to set fire to london yeah. Now, if they had the gold, they could have bought a water pump. <laughs> but apparently, we had to get sea monsters, a dragon, and a dinosaur into this film. And I will, I will tell you this: one of my favorite stories from Dragon Con is actually I wanted Gareth David Lloyd to sign my copy of Sherlock Holmes and Dinosaurs so badly. I went to his panel, which was just a Q and A with him, and people had badmouthed the film to him, and he made a comment that he had only seen it for the first time a few weeks before when he was working on a new reel for his uh, agent. And so I went to his autograph session in the Hall of Fame, and he was sitting there by himself, and I walked up and I said, I know that uh, a lot of people don't like this movie, but would you please sign my copy of Sherlock Holmes and Dinosaurs? And he goes, yes, I will. He was so excited. He was like, this movie is comedic genius. And we had this whole conversation about where I told him I didn't know who wrote it, but I hope they were compensated accordingly because when I have a bad day, I go home and put on Sherlock Holmes and Dinosaurs. It's a funny movie that you don't have to think about. You know, it just kind of relieves all your tension. He was so excited to sign it, but apparently um, he gets a lot of of crap for it. You know, you might be the one person he'll remember forever as the fan of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible, but I'll take it. At the end of the con, he's like, everyone hates my film except for that one girl at Dragon Con. Except for that one weird girl who was uh, dressed like the doctor. (laughs) The fourth doctor. The fourth doctor, yeah. What do you guys think about elementary? 
I've, <laughs> I, I've seen I two really long silence. I, I will go ahead and say I don't actually have cable, so um, I don't really watch a ton of television as it airs. So uh, is it on DVD? I don't. I don't think so. Not yet. No, because the season finale was this week. Yeah, um, I will watch it when it's on DVD. When it's on Netflix, I'll watch it. Um, but I don't. I don't watch a lot of TV. I will say this. I gave it a few episodes of a try. I didn't really care for it in the beginning. I have since then heard that the series as a whole has gotten really, really good. So I'm planning on giving it a second shot, but I like to wait until um, a series of something is is done, like they've reached the summer break, before I can go back and watch all of the episodes in one sitting so I don't have to deal with things like commercials or waiting till the next week on a cliffhanger or things like that. So while I didn't care for it the first time through, I am willing to give it another shot. I've caught two episodes, and both of the episodes that I saw were very good. I saw the the one with Morin, and I thought that was very good. And I saw um, one, I can't remember all of everything that happens because I was kind of watching it while at a friend's house. Uh, but I know that Lucy Lou found a cell phone in a bag of rice, and that was a pretty good episode. That's, I think, the first or the second episode. But okay, I saw that one. It was pretty good. I will say that I agree with you, Crystal. It was very slow in the beginning. It has a very slow buildup, but when you reach about the halfway point, it really picks up and it becomes really good, um, especially once Marianne comes in. The, the last probably five episodes were stellar. The season finale, which I actually finished watching this morning, was mind-boggling. It was, it was so good, and there were so many twists. Like, there's a huge, ginormous twist that I didn't see coming, and it just completely took me off guard. Well, awesome. I, I, like I said, I have plan on, uh, on giving it another shot. So when it comes out on DVD, Crystal, you and I should just like mainline it one weekend. Sort of like you do with House of Cards. Yeah, we'll just come over to one of our houses and we'll hang out. Okay, works for me. That sounds like a party. Yay! That's a party and more of what we do like every other month. But yeah, (laughs) sure. Yeah, Heather and I, we like pretty much trade off weekends almost. Yeah. So. We used to have this thing called uh, Torture Your Friend Weekend, in which we would make the other person watch things that they norm- normally wouldn't ever give a try. Do you guys know Daunt? She was in the dealer's room? Yep. Yes, love her. We're doing that. Uh, she, I've watched the entire first season of Teen Wolf for her, so now she has to watch uh, Once Upon a Time for me. Oh. Okay, I have been thinking of getting both of those shows a try. How was Teen Wolf? Tina, you know, it was slow in the beginning. She loves the main character. I absolutely despise him because I just want (laughs) to punch him in the face and tell him to shut up. Because he's like, oh, this is really important and people could possibly die if I do this, but I'm going to go fuck my girlfriend. I mean, like, that's really how it is. Um, But everybody else in the show is really good. Like, Styles is hilarious. He's really the only person why I kept watching because I wanted to see him. But uh, as the plot progressed through season one, it got better and it got stronger. So I, uh, I've been thinking about giving Teen Wolf a try just because my other fandom that I follow is NCIS. There is a girl who writes NCIS fanfic, and she also writes Teen Wolf fanfic. So every time she does a, a fanfic post, I get an email about it. And lately, she's been um, pretty hardcore on Teen Wolf. And so I keep thinking, I love her writing so much. I'm going to have to go watch this show so I know what she's talking about. 
uh, I just really love werewolves. Like I just, I just love them. And nobody ever does a good job with werewolves. Not I once. The history of mankind hasn't happened. And so I just, I just, I've set up for disappointment. But maybe I'll give it a shot. I, I do suggest Once Upon a Time too because it's my new favorite show. <laughs> I, well, Jane Espenson writes that, and I love Jane Espenson. Yeah, she her episodes are usually some like are really stellar. Her and then Eddie, Adam and Eddie they worked on Lost together. So, it, but I will say a little bit about halfway through season one, it does drag a little bit. Uh, but that's just normal because you're they're just kind of introducing everybody. And season two was really good, except for season one was a bit better. Because what happened about halfway th- through season two, they got the rights to go to Neverland. All, since season one, they've been trying to get the rights to do Peter Pan and Neverland and all that. And about halfway through season two, they finally got those rights. So everything that was building up the first half of the season completely changed gears. And now it's all like gone that direction. And Captain Hook is beautiful. He's a... He's sexy. I might want to like, like touch his hair and, yeah, and pet him. Fair enough. <laughs> and it has Sebastian Stan in, in it, which who I love. So awesome. Oh, something I wanted to ask you guys about. Oh, as I dropped my pen, Crystal, I was chatting with you a little bit, and we were talking about the Sherlock canon in general. And I mentioned how I was reading the canon for the first time, and I'm about halfway through Scandal, which I've been enjoying. You mentioned that after I read it in publication order. I should then go back and read it in chronological order. Why is that? This was a little experiment that we were doing before Khan took over our lives. Heather and I, of course, ran read through the canon as um, it's published. And then we went back and we decided, um, her, Liz and I, to read the canon chronologically so that we could just see the stories as they theoretically should unfold. We enjoyed the crap out of this for the part of it that we've managed to do so far in the sense that you realize uh, in the Gloria Scott how Sherlock doesn't actually solve anything, but it's supposed to be his first case. So it, it really just kind of begins to show you the way that the character has evolved, even though a lot of it was probably not done on purpose, so to speak. Um, I don't know if ACD really sat down and said, this is supposed to be Sherlock's first case. I must make him slightly less of an investigator than he is later on or what, but it, it really is, is kind of nice. And there's little things that you enjoy throughout, like how they reference John's wife long before he gets married. Yeah. Um, and we just, we had a field day going through it and picking out things that we have seen that haven't happened yet or things that uh, kind of give you a different look at the characters from a different perspective because when you read it through, originally you might have seen how a character had something happen to them and how it influenced them in a later story. But then when you read it through, you realize that those stories are actually opposite of each other. This event hasn't really happened yet. So the character kind of gives you a completely different look at uh, the way their mind works. It's really actually cool. Do you have a link or something about that has all the stories in chronological order? Actually, I'll be happy to send you the email that Heather sent me (laughs) when we started this. Because I have it pulled up. Okay, so it wasn't from a website or anything. It was. I, I think it was the. Ba- I can't remember. Was it the Bering Gould? There are there are multiple different versions of the list. This person has actually gone through and attempted to date all of them. Like this is the year this happened, and this is a major event that happened in the story. So we can say that like it happened in August of 1887, or you know something like that, or actually found dates in the stories that said, like, this happened January 12th, 1891, 
I got it from Sherlock Peoria. Okay. Trust Brad. Brad's your go-to guy on this. Trust Brad. It's it's a really, really cool thing to do. This is really awesome. I'm going to have to try that as soon as I finish getting to the canon because I'm not very far into it. <laughs> yeah, we need to pick up where we left off now that uh, Khan is done eating our brains. Yeah, we really, really do. See if we can finish it up. Actually, I had a genius idea that while we're driving to Chattanooga, I should read aloud to you. That is a brilliant idea. And I know I'm so smart, seriously. We, we should do this. Okay. So we're, we're going to. I should also throw out that the members of 221B Con will be at cons here in the future. Um, if you keep a look at on our Twitter, our Tumblr, our Facebook pages, we tend to announce cons that we're going to. And if you can find us at these events... Either we'll have a table or we'll just be wandering around. We'll do registrations there at the time. Sometimes you can even manage to get a discount if we happen to be running a, a certain con discount. Now, um, do you know at least the next con you'll be going to? I do. I know that Heather and I will be making a small appearance at Liberty Con, and I know that we will also be at TimeGate. And TimeGate is this month. It's actually next weekend. Where we will be throwing a massive room party. Yep, the 221B Con room party that we throw every year. Fun. Of course, this is the first year it's actually a 221Bcon party. Yeah, cause... usually it's just, yeah. I'm really crossing my fingers that I don't have to work so we can have TimeGate because I've never been, but I really want to go to TimeGate this year. You should totally come. It's going to be awesome. They even have a doctor coming. Well, the thing is, I'm going to DragonCon and EnchantaCon, and both I'm going as members of the press. So, uh, I tell you the back up. For EnchantaCon, I'm going for as a member of the press. DragonCon's just my birthday. But both dates falls in blackout dates for my work where I'm not supposed to be able to ask off. But I requested these days off before they told me about the blackout days. So pretty much I can't ask off like any days of work between now and September. <laughs> what's your what's your birthday, Hope? September 4th. It falls on Dragon Con every year. Mine is August 29th. It falls on Dragon Con every year as well. Oh, they're like a party for us! Right? We'll have to hang out at Dragon Con. All right, we'll, we'll give each other, how, I was about to say, we can each buy each other like a birthday latte, and then I realized we could just meet up and buy our own lattes. <laughs> or we could meet up and let Crystal buy both of us birthday lattes. Yeah, wait, Crystal wait. lattes on Crystal. All right, fine. Yeah. But don't bring any plus ones. <laughs> please, please remember that Crystal has a city job and it doesn't pay the best. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, to uh, wrap this up, I have a little fun thing for us, all right? Concerned. It's going to get a little sexy. All right. So, I have three different situations, and I'm going to give you each situation and then give you a character, and you or, or you'll have to pick the character. We'll see which one happens. So, if you were trapped on a desert island for, with any character from either the BBC, the canon... Or, we'll do the BBC in the canon. Which character would you want to be on the desert island with? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah. if we're trapped on a desert island, which character would we want to be trapped with? Mm -hmm. Oh, this could be one of two people, but I'm, I'm going to go with Mycroft, actually. That was my answer. Um, Why do you want Mycroft? Because that man can get you out of anything. I was going to say, because Anthea would find you immediately. Yes. <laughs> um, but if it wasn't Mycroft, it would be John, because he's a survivalist. See, my answer is going to be John, because uh, he's pretty resourceful and stuff, and plus he's really hot. At least the Martin Freeman John's really hot. And so if we got bored, yeah. Can yeah, I, but, but with Mycroft, you wouldn't be there for very long. But on the other hand, can I say Donovan? I think she's hot. 
She is hot. And she's hardcore. I mean, she's mean. I'll give you that. But she could probably, like, kill animals and, like, feed you for a while. Like, I think that, that could happen. Well, you know, I, I, I like to point out, I think it's funny that none of us said Sherlock. <laughs> let's be honest, we would all deck him after the first ten minutes. Yeah, he would throw the I piss mean, out of me. He is, he is, he's, he's a very, very sexy man. And, but you know, I, a lab. Who do you want to be trapped in a lab with? <laughs> Sherlock, obviously. Uh, except that he may experiment on you. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, situation number two. Who would you rather snuggle with? Jim Moriarty or Irene Adler? Jim. Irene. Why? Because Jim is a genuine sociopath. He, he is a dirty, bad. dirty man, and I would do dirty, dirty things to him. But <laughs> I really feel like he would hurt you if he just for fun. So no. <laughs> no, I'm still sticking with Jim. I'm Leave sticking with Irene. So why Irene? But well, I, I mean, just because <laughs> like, lesser really two answer, evils. Really, the answer is neither. But if it had to be one or the other, it would be her. She would try to like get under your skin verbally, and I can deal with that. He might actually take a knife to you. So <laughs> and I'm put it under your skin. <laughs> All right, how about this? I'll change it up for you. Who would you okay. rather snuggle with, uh, Lestrade, the Rupert Graves Lestrade, or the uh, Martin Freeman John Watson? Watson. Watson. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I really think that Martin Freeman is kind of like a, a little bit of a teddy bear. I mean, that's the person that you want to, you know, snuggle up with and cuddle with and things. I'm yeah. brilliant at it. And he's got jumpers, and you know they're warm. Yeah, I feel like Lestrade would, like, want to be watching football while you were doing it, and that would be annoying. John would probably, like, bring you some tea. He'd ask what you'd want to put on the TV. He'd give you a foot massage. Yeah, you know, like, he'd he'd concentrate on you, talk about your day, John. See, I would want to be uh, with Lestrade, because I call him the British Silver Fox, because to me, the American Silver Fox is Anderson Cooper. Fair enough. Yeah, I can go with that. And I, he just has, like, the best, cutest, most adorable smile. And I just want to be like, oh, you're adorable. And I'm cuddle with you. And, like, pat your face. And, like, then, like, sit on it. And, yeah, I mean. Oh, no, I think that I think that Martin Freeman's John Watson is, is that he's three continents Watson for a reason. Just, yeah. He's what? He's got away with the ladies. He's what? Three he's continents got... Watson. What does that mean? It means he's that. He's had ladies on three continents. Oh. People on three continents. Or people, yeah, that's Let's right. Shove him in a box. Labels are for clothes. So, if Sherlock walked up to you in a bar, mm-hmm. and you didn't know he was working on a case, and he started wooing you, would you go along with him for a successful night of love making between the sheets? Which version of Sherlock are we talking? Pick one. Your favorite. BBC, yes. My version of the canon in my head, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> No. Really? Why not? Not my type. But I'm going to be honest, pretty much, and hear this on, like, national podcast here, Crystal's a whore, so (laughs) I I would probably sleep with almost anybody who came up to me in a bar as long as you're disease-free. And and I'm nearly impossible to pick up, like, nearly impossible. So So there's our friendship in a nutshell. (laughs) So would you sell your, uh, like, a piece of your soul to the devil for a night with Ben and a Cumberbatch? Me? No. Any of you. (laughs) Crystal would. (laughs) I was like, this is a really hard decision, probably. (laughs) (laughs) If if it's any consolation, Crystal, the devil isn't real, so go ahead. (laughs) 
Probably. Benedict Cumberbatch is such a hottie. I mean, look at him. He is. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> See, I, I keep saying that that Benedict is the guy that you want to hook up with. Martin's the guy that you actually want to take home and you'll like put him in your pocket and bring him out and like hang out and have a beer and, you know, just chat with. All right. And I got one more for you guys. If they were starting a new version of Sherlock Holmes, who would you pick to play Sherlock and John in both a canon version and another modern day version? Okay, well, I have a standard answer to this, and it's the same thing I get when somebody says, who would you cast for Superman and Batman? There's always this, that you should never cast a known actor as any iconic character. You should never cast a known actor as Batman, Superman, Sherlock Holmes, or Dracula. Because everybody already has an idea of what the character is. And so if you take a known actor, like Robert Downey Jr., who did a great job in the in the Sherlock movies, I just don't really think they are Sherlock movies. He And you take Robert Downey Jr. and then you overwrite him onto Sherlock Holmes. But you should... You shouldn't have to do that. It should be an unknown. You should take everything you know about or the character of Sherlock, Superman, Dracula, Batman, and overwrite that character onto an unknown actor so that you're actually getting that through. I would never just pick an actor who exists already in the consciousness and say, oh, that person would be a great Sherlock Holmes. Because to me, Sherlock Holmes like exists as a platonic ideal. And so if you're going to represent that, I can't already know anything about you. You know, that's actually a pretty good uh, theory there. If you think about all the people who have played Batman, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, you know, Clooney, yes. like all those, the famous people who have play, pay, played Batman. That's actually a pretty good, pretty good theory. That was a really good theory. Like, I was going to say, I, I don't even have an answer, but I'm stealing hers. I'm stealing hers, too, because I was going to say Tom Hiddleston, but I want to see Tom Hiddleston in everything. Like, I, I want to see Tom Hiddleston play Meryl Streep. I don't even care. <laughs> Oh. And Meryl Streep, <laughs> or put it Tom Wilson as Meryl Streep in Sophie's Choice Two. <laughs> oh. and, and on that note, because I know that Heather needs to go see Star Trek, and stuff. which is brilliant. I I'm seeing it. Yeah, I had to pay bills. I uh, I I loved it when I walked out, and now I'm seeing plot holes, so I'm gonna go see it again. Um, I saw it back to back. Um, Heather and I went and saw it at eight on Wednesday night. And then I went with a friend immediately after and saw it at midnight. And by the end of the second time through, I loved it even more than I did the first time. So. I'm hoping to see it this coming up weekend because I get paid Friday. So that's my plan. Can I do a shameless plug while we're closing up? Yeah, totally. I just wanted to tell people to visit the 221becon.com website. We have a Tumblr a Twitter, and a Facebook. So keep up on the news of 221Beacon. And I will have all those in my show notes, dear listeners, so don't even worry about that. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming to my show, and I'm sorry again that we had a re-record. Oh, it was fun. So it's cool. Anytime. Yeah, just let us know. All right, well, thank you guys for listening to Hope of All Trades. Uh, my name is Hope Molinax. We're part of the Two True Freaks Network. And make sure you guys check out some of our other shows on our awesome channel. And I will see you all next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Did you know that you can become a sponsor for any of our shows? 
what you need to do is go to the website at twotruefreaks.com. Then you click on the donate button and you can leave any donation of your choice, whether it's $2 or a bajillion dollars. If you want, you'll also have a chance to leave a message, but that's up to you. But please make sure you let us know which show you're leaving a donation for. And that way on our next episode, we can give you our thanks. The other way to make a donation is to go to the Amazon logo on our website before you make any Amazon purchase. When you click on it, take it straight to Amazon, and then you can buy whatever you want. It's going to be no extra charge to you, but we will get a portion of it, and it really goes a long way, and we're very thankful for it. So go make a donation today at twotruefreaks.com. The story goes, the story